everyone, and welcome to episode 71 of Mothering Anxiety. Today's episode is Let's Talk Encanto. So for those of you who don't know, Encanto is a new Disney movie that actually just came out on Disney Plus um, on Christmas Eve, and it is a movie, and the underlining theme is generational trauma. Um, It is one of the first... I guess, like, pretty, <laughs> um, and I, the first time Disney has ever done, like, a movie on such a topic, and if you've kind of been following along on my podcast and on my episodes, you know that I did my very own episode about breaking the generational curse within my own family dynamic, um, and then this movie appears, and I have lots to say about this movie. I just want to throw out like a major spoiler alert. I am going to be talking in depth about the movie and about its characters. Um, I personally was not a fan of this movie when I first saw it. I actually saw it in theaters because it came out um, like right before Thanksgiving or like the week of Thanksgiving. And I took my daughter to go watch it because she had been wanting to watch it. And we went to go see it. And um, it didn't catch my attention so to be honest I didn't really pay attention I knew what the movie was about I knew what the movie was trying to say but I was like you did a shitty job and so I was like fuck that movie um I actually gave it a three out of ten rating like it's for me it was a movie that I had to watch multiple times in order for me to really catch on um it just like it didn't catch my attention just the characters were just like eh the music, the the singing voices, I'm sorry, the singing voices in some of these songs were like, what the hell? Um, and that is why, like, I just didn't pay much attention to it. But, you know, once we rewatched it, and once I saw people on TikTok talking about it, and I was like, all right, well, y'all are onto something, so let me go ahead and rewatch it again, but really, like, put my own experiences into this, um, if you've been following along on my podcast, you know that I did an episode on me breaking the generational curse within my own family dynamic. And even though my story is totally different than the one in the movie, I was, you know, able to kind of make some connections and I was able to kind of just like relate a little bit to kind of how it really goes. So um, in this movie, the grandmother is the one who is in charge of the family. Um, she, when she was younger, she had to flee her city with her husband and her newborn triplets. Um, and as they were fleeing, her husband was murdered right in front of her. Um, and then in comes this miracle that they call it. Um, and it was like a candle and it builds a house and it builds just like these walls, um, around like everything that's going on on the outside. So you can clearly tell that. She obviously had some trauma or witnessed some trauma because she had to flee, you know, her home and she literally saw her husband murdered right in front of her. Um, Within this house, each one of her children and her grandchildren receive a gift and, you know, their gifts like someone can heal something with food, someone can control the weather, someone can shape shift you know, just like all different kinds of things. And that's the whole kind of premise of this movie that like everyone has this gift and that is how they, um, you know, kind of like help out the family. Each gift helps out the family in some shape or form. The way that I took it though, and the way that I see it 
is that each person's gift is how they contribute to this family dynamic. And most importantly, it's how they can be of service to the grandma. Now, I'm not going to go into like super, super, super specific details because I'm going to assume that everyone that's listening to this episode has already seen the movie. So you're kind of going to understand where I'm coming from. Um, But the grandmother is the villain in this movie. Um, She has extremely high expectations of her family. She treats the one who doesn't have a gift, which is Mirabel, um, like shit throughout the entire movie. And um, she's very overprotective, right? Towards the end of the movie, she finally has some realization like, oh shit, I was too hard on you guys because I was trying to protect my family, right? Which I will get into that ending a little bit later. But grandma is totally the villain in this movie. And um, each character, like I said, has a gift. And I feel that these gifts are how they can be of service to the grandma. So the grandma has the three triplets, okay? One of them being Julieta, who is a healer. So she can make food and heals everyone, like everyone has a cut or steak or whatever, through her food. So I truly feel that her service to the family is the fixer, like needing to fix absolutely everything. Whatever goes wrong with the family, she is the one to fix it. But, you know, in this movie, they have to make it pretty and stuff. So she like makes arepas, she makes food and these people are healed. But I truly think that like her actual role in this family dynamic is to be the fixer of everything. Um, There's a second triplet, which is Bruno, which we don't talk about Bruno, right? He is the outcast. And I feel that his role in the family in that generation is to be the scapegoat. He was different. He was able to see the future. And I think that him being able to see the future and him trying to tell them like, hey, something's going to happen. Like, this isn't the way it should be. Was like, no, you are shunned. We are perfect and he left, right? Um, And then the third triplet, she can control the weather with her emotions. So throughout the movie, you see her like stressing out over certain things. And there'll be like clouds and, and rain and thunder and stuff. And I truly think that she was the one who was gaslit the entire, like her entire life. Um, And you can tell because Every time she freaks out and you see the cloud and everything, everyone's like, hey, hey, shh, 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 you're okay. It's fine. Like, stop. And you see this throughout the entire movie. Every time she would have some sort of big emotion and her big emotion would be showing this cloud and this rain and thunder and everything, everyone would literally go over to her and be like, hey, hey, it's okay. Calm down. Stop. You're fine. So... You know, I think that her role in this family, she was just the one who was just gaslit the entire time. Like she was never able to express her big emotions because each time it was like, no, 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 your emotions are too much. You're ruining this. Stop feeling. Now you have the grandkids. Um, You have Isabella, which is the perfect 
golden child and they even say that in one of the songs they say she's the perfect golden child um and i think that in every toxic family dynamic there is one golden child the one person who seems perfect and seems perfect on the outside and who is essentially the mascot of the family right because if you see this one person succeeding and you see this one person being perfect then everyone around you on the outside is going to assume, oh, wow, they must all have their shit together. They must all be perfect, right? So this person essentially cannot fuck up (laughs) because they are the one who represents the family. The other sister is Luisa, and she is the strong one, right? So she's portrayed as this like super strong girl um, who just basically has to take on everyone's shit. And her song... (laughs) Uh, I think it's called Surface Pressure or something. That song has been extremely relatable to many people uh, because she talks about how, like, you know, they just throw on all the family burden and they just throw on all this work to her, but they never stop to wonder, like, are we giving her too much? Like, are we putting too much pressure on her? And there's even, like, a line in her song where she says, like, if I can't be of service then like I don't have a purpose, right? So she is the strong one. I'm going to assume that she's probably some type of like family therapist, you know, like she's the one who hears everyone's problems and everyone's issues and she just has to carry all of that on her shoulders. And that's a lot, right? That's a lot to expect out of a child. I mean, she's, I don't know, I think like they say she's like 19 or so, but I feel like that's a lot to expect out of someone who's probably been given that role since very little. The other kids who have gifts um, would be Dolores, and she can hear everything, okay? So I think that like her role in this family dynamic is just to keep everyone's secrets and not be able to tell anyone else right so everyone's secrets generally are not like good things they're kind of like things that should be hidden um people who have these toxic family households you don't want anyone else in the world (laughs) to know that there are bad things going on or whatever like you have to be perfect to the outside, to absolutely everyone. So I think that like she's just the one who knows everything and knows everything that's going on, but she's not allowed to say anything. You know, I also feel that like she was just a lot, kind of like her mother, who is Peppa, the one who gets gaslit and has the rain over her, um, because she her character is just very quiet. And even when she speaks, it's kind of like a very quiet, whispering tone. Um, then she has a brother who is Camilo, and he is a shapeshifter. So he is able to switch his character to whatever and um, basically change it to whatever that the family needs. And I think that his role is basically being the person, like, just to be whatever the family needs him to be. I know I just kind of repeated myself there. Um, but there's, like, a scene in the beginning where they're getting, you know, the house ready where there's a dude who is trying to put a sign up on the top of the door and the grandma was like hey Camilo we need you to be exactly this person like this height so you can reach and so Camilo shape shifts into that um, so that he can help and I think like just his character is like he just needs to transform and be whatever they need him to be 
at that moment. So kind of like a little bit of like an identity crisis. <laughs> like he doesn't really know who he is or what his purpose is specifically. It's just that he needs to be whatever his family needs him to be at that shape and time. <laughs> then you have the youngest one who is Antonio who gets he's the youngest one so he gets his gift throughout the movie and his gift is to talk to animals which I think for him there's just a lot of pressure because one he's the youngest and to the person before him which I'll talk about in a little bit Mirabel she doesn't get a gift right so it's kind of like all the pressure's on you because you're the one who needs to keep this miracle growing right um the main character, her name is Mirabel, and she never received a gift, right? So in her grandmother's eyes, she's useless. Like, there's nothing you can do for this family. You are useless. And she feels it, and she knows it. And, you know... Like I said, the, their whole family structure is, was completely different than mine. But her character was something that I was able to relate to um, simply because, like, there were times and moments in my life and my family that I just didn't feel that I had a purpose and I just didn't feel that I belonged there. And this is something that she feels throughout the entire movie. Now, I feel that her role is also being the scapegoat, but of that generation, right? So... The character Bruno was the scapegoat of the first generation, and I feel that she is the scapegoat of the second generation. And you can see throughout the movie um, just kind of how badly the grandma mistreats her. Like, the grandma essentially treats her like shit. Like, she's just like, stay away from it, be quiet, don't do this, don't do that, give it to someone else. Like, you stay over there, we're all gonna be over here right um in the entire movie she tries so hard to please her grandmother and she tries so hard to make up for the fact that she doesn't have a gift to make up for the fact that she's not able to quote-unquote contribute to um the family so the climax of the movie is basically like um she has a vision and she sees the house falling and crumbling and the miracle dying right so she kind of makes it her mission to figure out why it's happening and how she can fix it right because she feels that this is the way my grandma is going to essentially love me right is if I figure out what's wrong and I'm gonna fix it and everything's going to be okay so as she's doing this she runs into Bruno which was the family member who could see the future and who left right and everyone's just like we don't talk about him so that scene specifically where she's like with him um kind of really broke me and kind of really got to me and um i think it was because um he never actually left so he never actually like left the city or anything he was kind of living in like I don't know, the walls of the house. I don't even know how to explain it. But yeah, like the walls in the house. So he never left. And um, I think it's just kind of like symbolic or I took it as symbolic of um, no one really wants to leave their family or like no one really wants to go no contact with them. 
you know? Um, and I kind of like related to that in a bit because it was like, well, I never wanted to go no contact with my own family and I never wanted to leave, but it was something that was absolutely necessary, you know? And he, he says this line where he says, my gift wasn't helping the family, but I love my family. So he knew that like he wasn't what the family needed and wasn't of service to, you know, his mom, but that he still loved his family. And I think that that's just, you know, kind of how it is. And I think it's just something that people don't understand. Um, You know, me specifically, I went no contact with my family. And to anyone who doesn't really know and doesn't really understand what it's like to live in a toxic dynamic household, they don't understand what that means, right? And there have been times where people say like, oh, so you don't love your family? Oh, you don't care about your family? And it's like, no, I think it's because I do love them and I do care about them that I just (laughs) don't want to be around them. Like you don't lose love for your family simply because you went no contact. Um, You just learn to love yourself more and you learn to do what's best for for you Um, but it's not like a sense of you never loving them or you not loving them anymore and I think that's just why that scene kind of hit me um, because you could truly tell that he cares for his family I mean he never really left he never really wanted to leave but he knew that it was what was best because his gift wasn't helping anyone in the family so the both of them um, just kind of go out and, and figure out what the next step is right so he can see the future she tells him let's see another vision what is it that I need to do let's fix this and once I fix this I'm gonna bring you back to the family and they or he has another vision and he she realizes that she needs to make up with her older sister Isabella which is the golden child which you can clearly tell that they are just not fans of each other okay Um, I mean, who likes a golden child? No one really, but, um, so she was just like, what? Like, I need to make up with her. Like, she's so selfish and so primpy and so blah, 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 blah. Um, so the two sisters, they have their moment together and, um, you know, the perfect sister, you know, kind of like tells her like, you know how hard it is to be perfect, you know, like I can't go out of the shell I can't disappoint the family like I need to be perfect all the time and it's exhausting right and she comes to a realization like I don't need to be perfect like I can still be imperfect but I can still be a good person and um the grandma sees this and she starts blaming Mirabel she's just like look at what you did to Isabella look at what you did to Luisa you know it's because of you that this is happening it's because of you it's because of you it's because of you and then Mirabel says no this family is falling apart because of you and in that moment the entire house just crumbles everyone is just like in shock and um you know it it was just like a moment where it was like oh shit like someone finally stood up to the grandma you know she says um I'm never going to be good enough for you in fact none of us are ever going to be good enough for you and I think many of us 
uh, whether you, you know, kind of deal with a super toxic family household or just like a toxic, one toxic family member, I think we can all relate to that. I think we can all relate to a moment in our lives where we all realize like we're just never going to be good enough for this person or for this group of people. Um, so the house falls, Mirabel leaves because she realizes like, oh shit, this was my fault, my bad. Um, and she leaves, which then her grandma finds her and they have this moment um, together. Okay, this is the end of the movie. So they have this moment together where the grandma kind of shows her like, this is what I went through, right? So Mirabel sees um, that they had to leave their house. Mirabel sees that she witnessed her husband being murdered and Mirabel sees you know how much pain she was in and this is where this movie pissed me the fuck off (laughs) um the grandma realizes you know you were right like because of me we've lost the miracle right like because of me because I was too hard on you guys we have lost the miracle which at that point Mirabel says no it's because of you that we are a family and we have this family right and it's a beautiful moment they hug there's butterflies everywhere Bruno comes back she embraces her son that left the one that they didn't talk about right (laughs) and she embraces him and they love each other and then they all go back to the house and they all love each other again and apologize and everyone is so forgiving (laughs) then they build this house again and then everyone goes back to living a perfectly happy life right bullshit (laughs) i call utter fucking bullshit um granted we all know that disney has to have happy endings right with every fucking movie that they do um but it is also setting us up for disappointment (laughs) um you know disney is is the perfect example of setting us up for disappointment in their movies and how we apply it to our real lives The first set of Disney movies were princess movies, right? And they would be in distress somehow. And then a Prince Charming would come and rescue them. And they would live happily ever after. Now Disney is getting into more serious topics. Something like generational trauma. uh, But it's setting us up for disappointment. Because at the end of this movie, the grandma realizes what she did wrong and apologizes. And everyone lives to be a happy family. I don't know a single fucking time... (laughs) Where any grandmother or mother or father, grandfather, whatever, any person who has caused trauma has ever apologized and like everyone has gone back to being a perfect family. Like literally, I've never, (laughs) ever heard of it. Now, is it possible? Could it be, could that be what happened to some people? I mean, I'm sure, right? But I know my grandma, for example, and I love my grandma, okay? Um, Utterly love my grandma. My grandma was also one of the main villains in our family, right? Um, I can assure you that she would never apologize for anything, like nothing at all. I can assure you that she would never. (laughs) Um, My mother, right? She's a little bit of a villain in my own family or in my own life. Um, I can assure you that she would never sincerely 
apologize for any trauma she might have caused me like ever um and that is kind of like where I am with breaking this generational trauma because um I mean have I caused my daughter trauma I don't know I would hope not (laughs) right I think that's just kind of one of the fears of a parent like how badly am I fucking up my child but I can assure you that even in small things that I know that I've done wrong I do apologize to my daughter like I do like if I've yelled at her when I shouldn't have yelled at her right if I yelled at her because it was me personally being triggered over like my own shit and not really anything that she was doing I will go up to her and I'll be like Logan I'm sorry that I yelled at you that wasn't fair to you I shouldn't have done that you know mommy was just overwhelmed or mommy was just you know this or that and I shouldn't have taken it out on you I'm sorry and she, I mean, now she's a little bit older, but she understands. She says, mommy, it, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Right. And, and she apologizes to me too. Like she'll have her meltdowns and she'll have her things. And I tell her, all right, you know, when you are ready and calm and regulated, like we can talk about what happened. And, you know, when she's all okay, she'll come to me and she'll be like, mommy, I'm sorry that, you know, I screamed or yelled over this or that or, you know, blah, 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 whatever. And I say, like, it's okay. Like, you were feeling overwhelmed or you were really upset because you wanted to stay at the park longer or something. Like, I get it. You know, we all get upset sometimes and we all want things to go our way, but sometimes we need to leave or sometimes this. And that is the relationship that I have built with my daughter, which is something that, like, I I can't even imagine <laughs> like me and my own mother having or even my mother and my grandmother having together like there was never any wrongdoing right like ever even if you've just like knew like bro you can't tell me that that isn't wrong what you just did like there was never any wrongdoing and that was never that just like never sit right with me because we're all human like we're all going to make mistakes and I want my daughter to know that it's okay to make mistakes. Like it's human, like it's fine. And even if you make a mistake, like you're going to be forgiven for it. Like nothing's ever going to be so, I mean, I guess not, but like nothing's ever going to be so bad where, you know, I'm going to stop loving you, you know? So it's just like mind boggling to me. And this is the part where that movie just kind of pissed me off because I was like, that would never, ever, 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 ever fucking happen. (laughs) You know, my grandma, you know, she's she's not alive anymore. But like if I were to have gone to her and been like, Grandma, you know what? You were kind of mean to my mom, which then made my mom mean to me. And like, you know, that kind of wasn't really fair. Like you should have worked on your own shit before having kids or while you had kids. I don't fucking know. I would have been like shunned <laughs> like from my grandma that like that realization just never would have happened. It's uh, funny because I went on a little bit of a rant on my stories um, on Instagram about this movie and my husband like he was like are you really gonna make an episode about this movie and I'm like yeah and he was like you do know that you have a lot of like Disney fans right like they're probably gonna get upset over what you have to say and I'm just like I really don't give a fuck (laughs) right like if you have been listening to my episodes, you know how strongly I feel and believe in like family and family dynamics and like breaking generational trauma. And like, obviously, I'm going to talk about a fucking movie that 
like the main theme is about generational trauma and how I interpret it and how I've kind of applied it to my own life, right? Is it a good movie? Yes. The music is catchy, although some of the singing voices, I would have to say, are a little questionable, but that is my personal opinion. Um, But is it a good movie to show what generational trauma can do or what generational trauma is? Yes. I think it is a great movie um, to... Honestly, I think it was a great movie to have people realize that maybe, maybe they are in a toxic family dynamic. Now, not everyone is going to have it at the same levels, right? Sometimes your entire family is toxic. Sometimes it's only one person. Um, But, I, you know, I think this movie kind of shows really well, like, when you're in it, like, when you're living in this toxic family like household when this is all you've ever known I don't think you realize that you're in a toxic family right because if you watch this movie like ideally it's kind of like all right so they got a little bit of issues so the grandma's a little mean to the Mirabel, like you know but they all seem loving and they all seem to be there for each other right but if you really just kind of get down to it, you're just like, no, something is off. Something is wrong. So I think it's a good movie to just kind of see it from like an outsider's perspective, right? I feel that like if you're able to relate to some of the stories or some of the characters, like eh, chances are you probably, um, I don't know, we're raised in a f- toxic family dynamic. Like I said, not everyone's going to be exactly the same, right? Um Maybe it's one person, maybe it's the whole family. But I feel that, like, it's a great way for you to see it from an outsider's perspective. Um, you know, when you're, when you're in it, you make excuses. Um, this movie just kind of makes you realize, like, oh, sh- oh, shit, right? I feel that, like, when you're in it, when you're living in this toxic family dynamic, like, you do make excuses. You say things like, oh, that's just how they are. Oh, that's just how she is. Oh, that's just how he acts. Or like, oh, it's just my family. That's just how we are. That's how we've always been. You know, this is just how it is. Because those were excuses that I was making. Like, I never realized that I wasn't being treated right until I met my husband, right? And he would come over, um, I don't know, for holidays or just to come over or whatever. And things would happen or like, you know, I'd be talking to my family on the phone or texting and we've been trying to figure things out. And he could see that I was stressed and annoyed and anxious and frustrated. And he would just be like, you know that that's not right, right? And I would always be like, no, that's just how he is. No, that's just how she is. No, that's just how we talk to each other. No, that's just this. That's just that. And I would make excuses, right? And he, my husband, really amazing job at letting me see everything and letting me realize everything. Um, But he would always tell me, like, that's not right. That doesn't sit right with me. Like, that's not okay. But I would always make these excuses because that was all I had ever known. Like the way that my family is or the way that my family was and how we all kind of treated each other. Like that's all I've ever known. I've never known like a good 
family structure, right? So to me, that was a normal family structure. That was a good family structure. And I would just make these excuses. And I feel that like many of us, it's what we do. We make these excuses. Like we're just like, nah, that's just how they are. No, that's just how we've always been. That's how we show love to one another. Now, I'm not here to tell anyone, absolutely anyone, like you need to cut ties with absolutely everyone in your family or the person who makes you go insane. Never, never, ever, ever. Please don't take anything that I say as like advice, I guess. I don't know. I'm truly just nobody. (laughs) I am just someone who is sharing my life and my story and my experiences to hopefully help someone out there. This is not to be taken um, literally. I don't know. Maybe something I've said has helped some of you guys. Um, But, you know, I think it's just important to hear stories like this um, and, and like for people to talk about these kind of stories. Because like I said, you know, in this movie, if you look at it, like, yeah, they seem like a loving family. They're all kind of there for one another. But if you just kind of get down to the nitty gritty and you talk to each specific person, right? So like Luisa, who's the strong one, who's literally like, I can't show weakness. I can't even cry. Or the perfect one who was like, I can't do anything wrong. Like, you would know that each person has their own like underlying pressure to be this specific need in the family. Now, if you want a really good example of family or sorry, of generational trauma, watch Far From a Tree, which was actually the short film that they played before Encanto. That shows you how you can break the generational trauma I saw that I bawled my eyes out when I saw that and I just knew that Encanto was going to be about that because generally the short films have something to do with um the movies right I think so I don't know it's been a long time since I've seen like an actual like Disney movie with a short film but if you want a good um and it's I don't know maybe like less than nine minutes long but if you want to see a good little short film on breaking that generational trauma that actually made sense to me (laughs) it's called far from a tree and it should also be on disney plus i'm pretty sure i saw it on there so here are my final thoughts do i recommend watching encanto sure the movie is growing on me my daughter is obsessed with it she knows every single song every single word (laughs) when we're in the car she asked to listen to the soundtrack and she is singing her little heart out um (laughs) i actually asked her i was like logan i was like what character do you relate to like what character do you like the most and she said bruno and i was like oh fuck (laughs) because i was like oh my god am i neglecting you are you the scapegoat oh my goodness but i'm pretty sure it's just because her favorite song is we don't talk about bruno and so she's just like yeah i like bruno (laughs) um but you know is it a good movie to show how generational trauma works in family Yes. Um, Do I agree with the ending? No, because it is giving people false hope. But again, I am just extremely biased, guys, I will have to say, because that's just not a realistic ending to my own family. So maybe it's just me being jealous and envious of the fact that this grandma realized what she did wrong, but like no one in my family ever will, question mark. (laughs) So maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just being like literally a bitter bitch because I'm just like, fuck this movie. That'll never fucking happen. Fuck this. Fuck that. You know, that's probably my mentality 
as of right now. Um, but, you know, it, it's a good movie. Songs are a little catchy. But I still prefer Far From a Tree. Watch that little short film. I think that is the perfect um, way to see generational trauma and essentially how you can fix it, I guess. But I will be done with my rant. Um, this wasn't really an episode that I had planned, but after seeing everyone talking about it and raving about it, I was like, I need to make an episode on this because it's about generational trauma and I just have lots and loads to say. Um, but I really hope that you have a good rest of your day or night, depending on when you're listening to this. And don't forget to live your life, love your life and love your anxiety. Thank you.